You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Whether you're looking to laugh or looking for advice and inspiration, we're so glad you're here. We just jump right in. Let's jump right in. <laughs> Lindsay and I, we all, all we need is three mics, but all we have is two mics. Two mics today, guys. We're two mics. Um, so <laughs> Sahara's on one mic and Breezy. Lindsay and I are yes. like Siamese twins on, on a mic right now. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, literally. Okay. Um, so excited, you guys. We have Sahara Rose here today, um, here to talk about her new book, um, here to talk about all things Ayurveda. I want to talk about the book writing process. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how you got into this. I wanted to just share everything that Ayurveda is um, because I kind of have dabbled in it, but I actually don't know much. So I'd love to talk about Western medicine, Eastern medicine, like you bridging the gap between those and just enlighten our babes because I'm sure they've heard of it, you know? So take us back. How did you get into, or I guess first, how do you introduce yourself to people? Like who you are, what you do? I know it's like an annoying question, but it provides a baseline for our people to like understand you. Well, hello. Thank you for having me here. Um, My name is Sahara. I'm the author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Um, I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner as well as a holistic health coach in sports nutrition. And Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about bridging ancient Eastern health systems with modern Western nutritional science. So kind of like exactly how you mentioned being the kind of bridge between these two worlds that oftentimes go separate. Mm -hmm. And I think like right now, more than ever, people are waking up to our body's own innate healing wisdom. And we're coming back with acupuncture and Chinese medicine and all of these things. And Ayurveda is the basis of it. Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system. It originated over 5,000 years ago, which is like, we can't even think what happened 5,000 years ago. It's like older than Buddha, Jesus, everything. Um, Chinese medicine actually is based on Ayurveda. In like year 600 AD, Chinese scholars came to India, studied Ayurveda, created Chinese medicine. Western medicine is based on Ayurveda. It actually traveled through the Silk Road up to the Roman Empire and eventually became herbology and eventually came Western medicine. So everything we know, like the concept of using plants to heal your body all comes from Ayurveda. And the word Ayurveda means the knowledge of life. So Mm -hmm. in order to be healthy, you have to have like total knowledge of your life. It's not just one symptom, but that one symptom is sort of like the tip of the iceberg to a host of other issues going on. Mm. That's amazing. So how did you, did you have kind of a an awakening? Did you have totally. your own personal experience that brought you closer to wanting to learn more about Ayurveda? Yeah. So I grew up eating junk food. Like mm. I grew up eating- Like what? Like, Let's talk like, about junk food. Like I would go to, Mac- do you know what the number two is at McDonald's? Oh, I was a Burger King girl. So you were, dude. I actually <laughs> used to love Burger King, mm-hmm. BK. Yeah. No, well, what's, what's the number, number two? two? So the the number two is two cheeseburgers. I get two of them. So I would eat like four cheeseburgers with like the what like McFlurry. Mean? I would get like Holy my Harry's mom. No, so my mom would like to get me to go to gymnastics. Be like, I'll buy you a dozen donuts. I'm like, okay, fine. Like literally, I was <laughs> addicted to junk. But I would like drink Coke out of a sour straw. And my parents were immigrants from Iran, so they mm-hmm. always gave me like weird Persian food, and I hated it. And I was super embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, eating junk food was like fitting in and like totally. oh like these kids eat Lunchables. So I'm going to eat Lunchables too. And it was like the easiest way to fit in because I grew up in like Boston. It's like very like whitewashed, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So 
She went to school in Boston. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Where'd BC. you go? BC. I went to BU. Really? Yeah. Are you guys rivals? Oh, yeah, haters. <laughs> this is awkward. We're I actually hater. grew up in Newton where BC is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you know Do you know Tom <laughs> Lofton? <laughs> oh, Flanagan? <laughs> Do you know Kasha Davis? Uh-uh. Okay, cool. So, um, shout <laughs> out to Kasha. She lives in Newton, but she, is she in her group? Uh, I don't think so. Her name sounds familiar. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, so I grew up eating junk food. I was super overweight. I eventually got really bad allergies to the point that like I couldn't play outside. Like when the mm. kids would go outside for recess, I had to go to the principal's office. Like, mm. and not because I did something wrong, but because literally I would go outside and my eyes would swell up. I would get really bad sinus infection. I, I needed an inhaler. It turned into asthma eventually. So I hated being outside. I hated anything that had to do with sports. I became like a kid on their computer all their mm. time. And then when I was like, 12-ish years old, I had this like like epiphany, like, oh my God, I don't want to be like the fat girl for the rest yeah. of my life. So like people are dating. You're like, okay. Yeah. It's like for the first time your body matters. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go on like a top secret mission, like go to the gym. So I like started Love like it. exercising and like looking up just in Cosmo, like whatever I could find about oh being God. healthy. And that, that was like the only resource I had. Cosmo's like, use ice when you give him head. Yeah. Like, I'm just 12. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> no, like literally I did like the cottage cheese diet. Diet, peanut oh, butter diet, like damn. anything it said. My There's God. the cookie diet's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So um I so did slim fast when I was like 12. I would like beg my mom to buy it for me and she would I would like buy it, buy it and it like, drink, cool, it, like right? drink it like as so a drink. Cool. I thought just drinking it, I lost weight. Yeah, like special okay diet. I would just like in between special? meals eat more special oh, yeah. They're like eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, damn. then have a, a special K bar in between. It's yeah. like that's all flakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. That's special K diet. So um so yeah, so I started doing that and then I came across a yoga studio and I was like 12 years old and back mm. then like no one was really doing yoga. This was like almost 15 all. years ago. So so I decided I'm going to like try what is yoga? I'm going to try it out and this is like a hot like Bikram style yoga class and I'm like a fat 12 year old but I like <laughs> I like loved it. I loved how I mm. felt after it. So I started every day after school going to yoga, learning oh. more about it, going kind of like in this path, never ever expecting for it to lead me here. And then Later on in my path, I became a raw vegan. Like I just got healthier and healthier and healthier. And eventually I was like, well, the healthiest thing ever is to eat just like only raw foods, right? That makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. just don't cook anything. How old were you? I was in college. So I was like 21 years old then. What did everyone think of you doing that? Yeah. I mean, it's in Boston. So it's super cold. They're like, how are you surviving? Yeah. I'm like, just more coconut water, like more almonds. I would like go through bags of almonds just because I was freezing. And at the beginning, you know, when you when you are on a cleanse or something, like you you feel really good. But mm-hmm. after a while, like eight months into only eating raw foods, I was super emaciated. I had lost tons of weight. Mm-hmm. My hair was falling out. Mm-hmm. I would like be at the gym, like on the elliptical and literally almost faint, like have to mm-hmm. lie down because my blood pressure would drop so much. I stopped getting my period for over a year, just like no period at all. Like my body was basically shutting down and I would yeah. go on these like raw vegan forums and stuff. I'm like, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, your body's cleansing You're itself. You're doing like, great. Go oh, you. Shut up. Yeah, That's they're like crazy. freely the banana girl said this is like the ultimate oh level. I was like, God. okay. This is the <laughs> ultimate level. Yeah. Like oh my it's God. a period anyway. You don't like things that bleed. <laughs> no, like Literally, I read in these forums, like, apparently in tribes in Africa, they don't get their period and, like, they're on oh the cleanest diets. I'm like, it's probably because they're malnourished. Yeah. Like, they're eating, like, beetles. <laughs> Whoa, so, okay. yeah. So, um, 
at that time, so I've always been really involved in community service, like since I was mm-hmm. young. And I was traveling in India at the time, um, doing volunteer work in the slums, teaching health and sanitation cool. and nutrition. And at the time, I became a health coach. I became a sports nutritionist. So I was really into nutrition, but like the raw vegan way. So then, while I was there, I had heard about Ayurveda in my holistic health coaching program. And I was like, oh, like I'm in India. It'd be like a cool cultural experience to see an Ayurvedic person. I thought it was like a psychic or astrologer or something. So I go and she takes my pulse. She asks me questions about myself. And it's like she knew everything about me. She's like, you don't sleep at night. Your dreams are like this. Like when you were a kid, you did like, she knew everything about me. I was like, okay, like this is crazy. So she was like, well, if you continue on this path, three things are going to happen to you. You're going to be infertile. As of now, you are infertile. You're going to have Alzheimer's and osteoporosis. So I was like, damn, like what? Like these words never crossed my mind. I'm like 21 years old. Like, And she said, this isn't going to happen now. What's going to happen is you're going to keep getting feeling cold all the time. Like I was like frigid cold, like going to sleep with like wool socks and like Mm. blankets, like that level of cold. She's like, your body is basically so cold from within because you're only eating cold foods. You're eating smoothies, you're eating salads, you're drinking coconut water. Not only are they cold in temperature, but they're cooling in properties. So your body has just gotten so cold and your digestion is considered a fire that your fire is like wiped out. So even the foods you're eating, if they're healthy, kale, whatever, you're not absorbing any nutrients of them. So that's why after every meal, I would feel super bloated. Like my stomach would like distend so much. And then I was like, oh my God, like, do I need to lose more weight because my stomach's sticking out? But Why was was it bloating? It was bloating because my digestion wasn't breaking anything down. So when you eat food and it's just sitting there, your stomach, it's like takes a lot of effort. So it starts bloating, it puts water there, but it's not actually absorbing it. If you're breaking down food, you shouldn't feel bloated at all. Okay. So bloating is a sign of indigestion. Gas is, constipation Mm -hmm. is, all of these are signs of what I later found out to be vata, which is too much air, too much wind. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, okay, so, well, what do I do about it? And she's like, well, you have to eat the ghee and the dal for every meal for the next few years. I'm like, oh, no, absolutely not. I'm like a raw vegan. I'm not going to eat rice and beans and ghee for, no, it's not happening. I was like, is there anything else? She's like, no, this is the only way. So I'm sorry, what exactly did she do to like tell all these things? So what like now I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner, what okay. we do, and yeah, I can yeah. assess you guys too if you want, yeah. is from, there's tons Let's of indicators. Make this about us. Yes. <laughs> there's tons of indicators from the shape of your face. Mm. Like mm. you have more vata, you Pumpkin have more head. kapha. Like, yeah, the shape of your face, the tone of your voice, and then also your pulse. All of these things, your tongue, Basically, everything cool. in you can be classified from a dosha. So for me, all wow. of my signs of, you know, bloating, gas, constipation, feeling cold, not getting my period, all of these, when you read the book, you'll see it's all vata imbalances. Mm-hmm. It's like textbook. And actually, vata is the most common imbalance. It's like 60% of all imbalances are from vata, wind. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I just didn't like her suggestions and she wasn't really willing to change them because it was a very traditional mm-hmm. like Indian doctor. So I kind of go back into my ways and I start kind of dabbling in different diets. Like, should I be paleo? Should Mm. I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like trying all these things and like nothing's working. So eventually I'm like, okay, well, let's see like more what Ayurveda has to say about Mm. it. Maybe I can incorporate some of her suggestions do quinoa instead of rice. Maybe I'll do coconut oil instead of ghee. Maybe I'll do, you know, these 
like bean pastas instead of just like eating lentils all the time. Like trying to just make it more modern and like more palatable and like more light as well. And I instantly started feeling so much better, like not only physically, but mentally. Like Mm. I stopped having like this incessant, just worrying about things and always being like Mm. stuck in the future. Like my mind actually settled down and you know, the mind and body are connected. So too much wind in your mind can manifest like a tornado. Like you're always thinking of thoughts and you can't stay present. So if you have too much something in your body, it's probably in your mind as well. So by changing my diet, I literally changed like my personality and became a much more grounded person, able to finish tasks that I started. I was someone that yeah. would start tons of projects and then just get over it and like be like, oh, it's not a good idea and like move on to something else. That's all vata. It's like the wind, it's sporadic. It goes from one thing to another and it can't stay still. It's lacking the two other doshas, which are more fire and more right. earth. Oh my gosh. My mind is blown. I know. I'm I'm real. Okay. So let's, what are the three doshas then? So we talked about about Vata. So Vata, I like to just call it the wind. Okay. It has cold, dry, unpredictable characteristics. Okay. what is, it, is a vata a person? Is vata a so thing? So the word dosha means energies. It's an, okay, energy. It's an energy. So we okay, can okay. we can talk about ourselves as doshas. We can talk about food. We can relate anything. It's just a way mm. of explaining things. And they're based off of the elements, just like Chinese medicine, okay. fire, air, water, earth, ether. So vata, just think wind. Pitta, it's comprised of both fire and water, but it's mostly fire. So just think of fire. So like, what is a fiery person like? Energetic. Mm-hmm. It's like a fire pit. Right. Fire pit. Yeah, like they're a hothead. Like, hothead. What does that mean? Yeah, like real. Impulsive. Yeah, yeah. Like hot tempered. Totally. Yeah. So Sexy. Yeah, like sexy, <laughs> passionate, like goal-oriented. So that's all pitta. That's what a pitta characteristic is mm. like. And then in the body, if someone's like, you think they have too much fire, like what do you think that would be like? Heartburn? Yeah, indigestion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, G- gassy. More just like, yeah. That's more wind, Krista. So true. So true. Yeah, like, like heartburn, hyperacidity. So if the uh-huh. digestion is the fire and they have too much fire, it's basically their fire is like throwing too much stomach acid at everything. So like loose stools mm-hmm. is a sign of it. Um, and then also just feeling hot all the time. Like people who sweat really easily or if your sweat has a bad smell to it because mm-hmm. actually our sweat shouldn't have any sort of smell. Yeah. If your sweat has like this like pungent odor, that is a pitta imbalance. Mm. And then also things that are like too too stressful, like li- working a stressful life, um, working a stressful job, but also too much physical strenuous activity. Like if you're lifting weights, you're at like Barry's boot camp, and it's like super competitive. Like we were talking about flywheel. Like yeah. that would totally bring up your pitta. So if you're already a super fiery person, and all you're doing is like going to a competitive workout class every day, your fire is going to get. Too, too much. It's going to be Dang. excess. But if you're lacking that, maybe you do need some competition, Dang. you know? I've really calmed down. I don't really do intense HIIT workouts anymore at all. And I feel so much better. Yeah. Like I used to do HIIT workouts all day, every day. And I f- haven't done a HIIT workout in so long. Mm-hmm. I feel so much better. Totally. Yeah. So probably your pitta was off balance. But mm-hmm. for someone else who's super sedentary, they start doing HIIT workouts. They're going to feel amazing. Totally. So like a lot of people are like, HIIT workouts are great for everyone. Or like, no one should do them. There's there's no rules like that in mm-hmm. Ayurveda. It's so dependent on... N- yeah. And not just your body type, but like your body type right now because it's changing. So um, I'll talk about the third one and also how they change. So the third one is kapha, which is earth and water, but mostly just earth. So an earth face. Yeah, I have an earth face They call me earth head. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I have a yeah, very... Yeah, we have earth faces. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, so, earthy. If someone's like an earth mama, like, what are they like? Chill. Grounded. Cool. Yeah. Pretty. <laughs> yeah, they're Funny. like bohemian. They're earthy. They're Good like style. connected. They like talk like this. Awesome. Like, oh, yeah, I did my yoga teacher training, 500 hours. Yes. Like, <laughs> so earthy. <laughs> you see a lot of them in Santa Monica. Um, so, that's like an earthy characteristic. They're calm. They're collected. They're motherly. And then when you think of an earthy body, like, what, what would you think? Fat. Just kidding. I would think just, just like kidding. comfortable, like kind just of like listen. in your body. So they're grounded. Not, yeah. Grounded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like hips and just like mm-hmm. motherly yeah. giving. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Like fertile. Curse. The earth is so fertile. Fertile. So that's exactly what kapha is like. So kapha mm-hmm. people are just, they naturally have a tendency to gain more weight mm-hmm. because their bodies just hold on to things. Mm-hmm. And then emotionally, they also hold on to things. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about the imbalances, but they're, though they're the happiest and the friendliest, they're the most likely to suffer from depression mm-hmm. because they're the ones who like holding space for everyone else, making sure everyone else is okay. Mm. But they sometimes like their own self-care practice is like the last thing on their agenda. Mm. Interesting. So yeah, so every dosha has like their positives and their negatives. Mm. And we are all a combination of all three. It's not like people listening are probably like, oh, I don't know, I can like relate to all three. So mm-hmm. am I tridoshic? Am I all am I all three doshas? No. So we were each born with our unique like set of cards, like mm-hmm. our DNA. Like you have blonde hair, you have brown hair. So this is called our prakriti in Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the piece of the puzzle that like most people are, are missing. And that's why everyone's so confused about Ayurveda and like gives up on it. Mm-hmm. So... We're born with our prakriti, which is our mm-hmm. DNA. So I was born with more kapha, which is why as a, as a child, I was gaining weight. I was mm-hmm. attracted to sweets. I was Same. like lethargic. Exactly. And our faces are kapha faces. Kapha. We still, even though we're exercising stuff, mm-hmm. we will always look like that. Totally. But coffees also have the strongest immune systems. Mm. And like they also tend to have the best skin. So like there are mm. like... Yeah, your skin is so on is yours. <laughs> Real. So is yours. It's butter soft. It's, it's the kapha in us. It's, it is like, <laughs> your skin is insane. No. So it's like, so as a kapha, being born more kapha, when I went into this more vata lifestyle of trying to lose weight, being really active, doing this, mm. only eating raw foods, I created a vata imbalance because I was trying to turn my body into something that it's not. I was mm. I was like trying to make it super, super skinny. When some people, they could have weighed that same amount and had no problem. But for me, it was too little mm. that my body started shutting down. Mm. So we all have kind of like our ha- our happy weight mm. and it doesn't matter what workout you do, what exercise, that's something that we have to consider. But we also want to make sure that we're not out of balance. So le- like, let's say for you, you have more vata in you. Mm-hmm. Vata, vata people. Vata, baby. Yeah. So vata people tend to naturally be on the skinnier side. They tend to have more angular faces. They tend to have like, um, like kind of like a strong nose, like a ballerina, I like to think of, or like Steve Jobs. Mm. He's like such a vata. You do look like Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Same hair, same style. So yeah, so vata people, Mm. if your vata is like you're in your prakriti, that you were born more vata, you'll naturally have those characteristics. But if you don't suffer from the vata imbalances, which are bloating, gas, constipation, the things I was talking about, then then you don't have to worry about it. You can continue just eating right for your dosha. It's when the imbalances come up that you have to kind of switch your diet. Mm. So pitta, people who are born more pitta, born more fiery, they tend to gain muscle really easily. They tend to be really athletic, Mm. which is why naturally they can handle more like athletic workouts and things Mm. like that. They just want to make sure they're not going out of balance. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So our natural born dosha is a combination of all three. So you could have been born primarily kapha, secondarily pitta, thirdly vata or whatever. It's all three just in different amounts. Mm -hmm. And then our diet, our lifestyle, all of these things changes it. You know, you start eating a different way, you start exercising more or less, and that's called your vikriti. That's the dosha constitution that you have today. Mm-hmm. So basically, an imbalance is when your prakriti is different than your vikriti. And that's mm-hmm. what Ayurveda is all about. And that's why when people take a quiz, they're confused because it's only assessing like one, one of, of those things. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wait, say it one more time. So, so an imbalance is when yes. your vikriti, the dosha constitution you have today, is different than your prakriti, the one you were born with. Okay, so the so, DNA. Okay. Yeah. So you're born with one and you're doing something that's different. And that's you're born the with a combination happen. of all three. Okay, yeah, combination yeah. of the three. And you're doing something that doesn't fit the combination. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for example, like in terms of eating for your dosha, how do you, one, give, can you give us an example maybe for your, for kapha and then how you would balance it if it is out of balance? Yeah. So the first thing you should do is see if you have any imbalances because that's the first thing Mm. you need to address. So let's say you have a kapha imbalance. You're gaining weight. You're tired all the time. You have a lot of mucus and phlegm. That's all kapha related. Hmm. So kaphas need to stay away from dairy because dairy is cold. It's damp. It has the same qualities as earth. So it's going to increase it too much. So stay away from dairy and then stay away from excess like carbs, sweet foods, even too much rice, things like that. Um, And also too many oils because that can all build up. Mm. So um, instead you want to do more light and stimulating things. So like lots of spices, uh, steamed vegetables, leafy greens, bitter foods. These are all going to help pacify, bring down the kapha. Mm. So if you're experiencing those things, you're feeling heavy, you're gaining weight, think light, think stimulating. Just think of the the, um, the doshas that it's lacking. So kapha is a lot of earth, so we need more fire, we need more wind. Mm. Does that make sense? How can I ever help me lose 40 pounds? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Um, so I want to talk more about the food thing. I also want to say, how. so how can people figure out what their dosha is? Um, so in my book, I talk about it. I also have a quiz on my website, okay, um, which you can link to. I am sahararose.com. Perfect. And mm. it will assess. It's like a 12-question quiz, and it will give you... So most Ayurvedic quizzes, they'll kind of give you one underlying category of like, you're just this, and you kind of relate to the things, and you kind of don't. I break it down by what percentage you are of each in your mm. mind and in your body. Cool. And two separate things. So you have like an exact idea of what's going on. So this is going to assess your vikriti, what you are right now. Mm. And then in the book, I talk about how you can tell what your prakriti is different than your vikriti. I give like specific stories of like someone who is like really thin their whole lives and they went to college and they gained a bunch of weight. So they take the quiz and they think they're a kapha, but actually they're a vata prakriti, but they have a kapha imbalance. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So whatever your imbalance is, is the first thing that you should eat for. And the seasons also will change things. So right now, since it's really hot, we need to make sure our pittas, all of our pittas are higher right now because it's hot. In the winter, when it's like cold and like, you know, you just want to eat like winter food, we have to make sure our kaphas don't go out of balance if we're just eating like sweets and staying home all day. And in the fall, it's when we're like back to school and like doing all these things. And we want to make sure we're staying grounded because our vatas. We want to have those lattes, baby. (laughs) Exactly. So, and like, Also, earth like naturally provides whatever we need at that time, which is why like pumpkins grow in the fall and why like light springy like 
sprouts and berries come in the spring because we need to lighten up after winter and why there's like so many juicy and refreshing foods available in the summer. So if you just eat like locally and seasonally, like you kind of don't have to worry about it as much. Yeah. In California, it's a little bit easier. So much easier. Yeah. But I had an avocado somewhere the other day and it fucking blew. Oh, no. Yeah. It was outside of California. It was a bad avocado. Oh, oh you were outside of so, California. It's so different outside of California. So I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, this sucks. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get fresh. Okay, so we talked about the three doshas. I want to talk about, so how can people, like, what are some ways that people can apply Ayurveda to their life now? Like, mm-hmm. understanding what their dosha is and then nutritionally or, like, what are some practices they can incorporate in their daily life? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a lot of practices that can just benefit everyone. Yeah. So the first thing is to start your day with warm or hot water, not anything cold because the digestion is like a fire. So I like to think of it like a campfire, like you and your friends went camping and there's a big fire and then everyone goes to their tents and goes to bed and the fire goes out. And you're telling secrets yeah. and stuff. <laughs> you're playing truth or dare. Yes. You come back in the morning. <laughs> you can't find your panties. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically Where Ayurveda. Is everyone. Yeah. So... So in the morning, let's say you pour like ice over that fire. What's going to happen? It's going to go out. It's going to go out. It's going to go out. Now, let's say you put tons of like wood on that fire. You're like, I want to rebuild the fire. You just put tons of wood on there. It's going to be crazy. Is it? No, it's it's gonna it go is. out. It's, it's gonna, go it's out. gonna huh. be it's gonna be too much. So <laughs> I'm not good at camping. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do to get it like lit again is to gently like rekindle the embers. So and, wind? Yeah, like oh my god. Well, not not just wind, but like you know, feed it a little yeah, bit, let it grow. Right. You can't like put too much on it at once. You have to like slowly let it start building again, okay. and then it's gonna start burning bright. So if our digestion is like that fire, and we wake up first thing in the morning and we drink an iced coffee. That's like putting the ice mm. on it or even just like ice water. Like I see people at the gym, they're drinking like sparkling water first thing in the morning Dang. where it's like the worst thing for your digestion. But then if you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I need to eat like my eggs and my bacon and yeah, this yeah. and that. That's like the too much wood. Your your body's not ready for it. Mm. So it's just going to sit in your body. And over time, it's going to rot. It's going to ferment. It's going to putrefy. It's going to spread toxins. And the word toxins in Ayurveda is called ama. Mm. So basically the white stuff that's on your tongue, that's ama. That's basically a reflection of your digestion. So if really? you have lots of white stuff on your tongue, like, yeah, you have white stuff in the back, which is a cough imbalance. Uh. I do too. Bummer, dude. I mean, we we all naturally get it. It's like impossible to have like the perfect digestion all the time. But that's why tongue scraping is a really good thing that you can just do every day. So tongue scraping is a super easy practice. You can just buy a tongue scraper at Whole Foods or Dr. Tongues. There's a lot of places or use a spoon. That works too. Yeah, so true. And just right after brushing your teeth, you scrape off the ama, the toxins from your tongue, and eventually your tongue will stop producing them as much. And then the best thing to do is follow it up with oil pulling. Have you guys done that before? Mm -hmm. So that's like Ayurvedic mouthwash, as I call it. Mm -hmm. It's basically what happens with like antibacterial, like Listerine or something is you're killing all the bacteria, the good and the bad. And your mouth, just like your gut needs that good bacteria. Mm -hmm. So if you're killing the good bacteria too, eventually the bad bacteria is going to start growing again. So it's kind of like putting an antibiotic in your mouth every day. Whereas oil pulling, it it just eliminates like the bad bacteria, but it's not as harsh. So it doesn't kill the good bacteria. Okay. And also oil goes much deeper into pores. It's like if we were like cleaning this wooden table and I clean it with water, it's not really going to get 
in the pores of the wood, but if I clean it with oil, it will. Mm. So that's why Ayurveda uses oils in like everything. Yeah. I read a blog post on oil pulling and didn't make sense like that. Just made sense. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need to make sense. Which ones you do? Which I, I, I didn't stick to it. So I would definitely want to try Same. it again. Well, see, a lot, of people, a lot of people are like, it has to be 20 minutes. And actually, Dude, like, yeah, in no. India, they're like, no, it can be like three minutes. It doesn't need to be a 20 minute long thing because if you have in your head oh my god 20 minutes no way I can't commit you're not yeah. gonna do it even at one minute it's fine just getting yourself in that practice and you'll feel better even after a minute what kind of oil so pittas people who are hot or mm-hmm. if you're in a hot place coconut oil because it's cooling mm-hmm. if you are a vata or kapha more cool than sesame oil because it's warming I need to get some sesame oil. Yeah. So sesame oil, even for your body and stuff, especially if you're like super like vata, you're having anxiety, insomnia, it's Mm. really going to soothe you. Okay. Okay. So I want to, so that's part of basically the tongue scraping and then the oil pulling is part of like a morning ritual. Can you talk about like Ayurvedic morning rituals? Yeah. So um, I just wrote a blog post on chalkboard and it's like my morning. Um, But so oil scraping, I mean, oil pulling, tongue scraping, mm-hmm. abhyanga, which is self oil massage. It's basically Ooh, cool. to, so first you dry brush. Have you guys done dry brushing mm-hmm. before? I haven't. So no. it's basically like taking a, a dry like loofah and scraping the the dead skin cells on your um, skin surface. And that allows your entire body to digest and detoxify better because your skin is your largest organ. And when it's clogged with this dead skin, it's not able to fully breathe. So you just take a loofah and you always scrape going towards your heart. So up your arms, mm-hmm. up your legs, up your on your belly. You can do like circular motions in the direction of your digestion, like counterclockwise. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then you can, so then your pores are wide open and that's the perfect time to put the oil in your skin. And the difference between just putting it on like, you know, sloppily in an abhyanga self-oil massage is you're really going deep. You're like feeling your body in different places and you're noticing like, where do I tend to be more dry? Like when do, where do I tend to be more oily? And it's, you're increasing this mind-body connection, which right. actually just makes you better at, at everything. Right. So um, yeah, like a lot of people have like the the KP, Claris, Polaris. Same, I was just thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, like, so that's a Vata imbalance. Oh, mm-hmm. I have a Kapha and a Vata imbalance. Yeah. Oh, damn it. So, um, so yeah, doing like sesame oil, doing the the dry brushing and the abhyanga is really going to help. So what does that mean? I have an imbalance. Like I have too much. So an imbalance is, yeah, it's when, so you're, you were born more kapha just right. like me. And right. right now you have more vata just, so you're the exact same uh, as me. So because uh-huh. we live these lives that are super like going from one place to another and we're right. probably doing a lot of things all the time. We're also probably not sitting down for meals, probably eating a lot of cold, dry, raw foods. Like do you eat a lot of salads uh-huh. and smoothies, things on the go? Literally. That's that's all going to increase your vata. Traveling is like the number one thing that increases oh. vata because even though you're sitting on a plane, your body is like moving. It's moving in an airplane. It's moving right. in a car. So it's in motion. It's not grounded to the earth. So wherever you are, the first thing that you should do is like take your shoes off and like walk on the soil cool. and like let your body know like, okay, I'm here and eat something like off a tree. Like eat like their local what fruit if I do or and something. Die? <laughs> then you can see me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's yeah. like poison ivy. I'm trying oh. to think why I'm balanced. Yeah, it's like Ayurvedic. Ivy. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So just to let your body know where you are. Yeah. Whoa, cool. Yeah. And then it's going to, it's going to, you're going to notice it's going to shift according to like whatever's going on. Like right now, oh. if you go to New you York. You just described Krista. You literally just described nonstop. my life. So that's why you have Never the sit down. Always balance. on the go. KP. 
Fuck. So yeah, I need you, a dry brush. It's weird. I don't like dry brushing because it's like too much stimulation. Isn't that weird? Mm, like it feels too stimulating or you feel like it's bad for your skin? Like I, No, it feels like I'm just like, I don't know. It's like weird to like mm. stimulate my body that much. It's weird. I can't describe it. Mm. But I need to do it more. Yeah, I mean, so in Ayurveda, it's like, I like to think of it as a pendulum swinging in two ways. There's like balance and there's imbalance. And the more balanced you are, the mm. more you naturally crave the things that bring you in balance, the foods, the practices, et cetera. And the more out of balance you are, the less you want those things because you're shifting more and more out of balance. So that's why, for example, like, like my boyfriend, he's super pitta. And a lot of men I find are more pitta. Mm. So he's naturally really hot. gets like, he's like dying in this heat this summer, but he loves all the spicy foods, all of mm. the competitive things because he's out of balance. So his body wants like more garlic, more tomatoes, like all of these mm. like super acidic things. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he shifts his diet, even for like two days, he's like, wow, this feels so amazing. And like immediately it changes. So you just have to shift mm. that pendulum and then it becomes like super intuitive. Yeah. You're right. Okay, so start the morning, scrape your tongue, warm water, oil pull, scrub your body at night, put sesame oil on. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be in the morning. It like, that yeah, sounds it like a lot. It does, it does sound like that, but it's not. Like you can just, okay, so let's say you're just brushing your teeth and then you add in the tongue, you scrape your tongue, yes. it takes like two Easy. milliseconds. And then while you're choosing your outfit, you have the oil in your mouth, you put the outfit on, you spit it out and you mm -hmm. just rinse your mouth with water and that's it. At night, after you take a shower, you can, before you take a shower, you can dry brush, take your shower and put oil on instead of lotion. You have all the practices. What are you eating for breakfast? Like that's not too, well, I guess it depends on your dosha, but um, like that's not too uh, fiery or not too yeah, cold. I'm, good one. I mean, mine changes kind of every Smoothies day. Smoothies are so popular. It's usually cold. So it depends on your dosha. So someone like a vata, they mm -hmm. do really well with like root vegetables. So I love mm -hmm. just like a baked sweet potato with some mm -hmm. like sunflower seed butter mm -hmm. and like cinnamon oh, and fuck. like cardamom, like so just that. And it's really good if you're eating a lot of like almonds or something to like rotate them because I was mm -hmm. eating like almond butter, almond bread, almond this, almond that. And I became like severely allergic we're to almonds. just talking about That's that. happened to me we too. We have the same bodies. We are the same <laughs> yeah. person, yeah. literally. Yeah. I was allergic. I'm allergic. Yeah. Not like insane. Like I can actually have it, but I just, I, I can tell I don't feel well for days. I'm very like inflamed. Exactly. And, and that's the thing with a lot of like this, like raw vegan food or even these vegan in restaurants. It's like mm -hmm. cashew this, cashew that. Like That's I mean, true. I went to like a raw vegan culinary school and it was like cashews and everything. And mm -hmm. it's just like your body was not meant to eat that many nuts at a time when mm -hmm. you're doing like the cheese and the sauce. And people think like, oh, I went to Cafe Gratitude. Must have been really healthy. Mm -hmm. Not knowing like, if you had made the food from scratch, you probably wouldn't have wanted to eat it. So mm -hmm. that's why making your own food is really effective. So something like roasted sweet potato or butternut squash, oatmeal. I like to do like a quinoa porridge, just like cooking your quinoa in like coconut milk or something mm -hmm. like that. And then adding in spices like cinnamon, cardamom, ginger, turmeric, all of these have warming properties. So that's really good for vata mm -hmm. or during vata season during fall. You know what you can do now is a warm chia porridge with coconut milk. Like you put coconut milk and then the chia on the stove and it like makes it gelatinous chia. much quickly. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like it's good. It's warm too. I've never, yeah, yeah. I've only done like in the fridge. Yeah, it's so, good warm. Yeah, that sounds really good. So then in the, for pittas or when it's more like hot right now, mm -hmm. 
In strict Ayurveda, they're like not for raw foods at all. But it's the difference between me and a typical Ayurvedic practitioner is like, I like to keep it really modern. So Mm. the reason that raw foods are not allowed in Ayurveda is because it was created in India 5,000 years ago. And if if you go to India, if you've ever been, no one can eat raw foods. It's the first thing they tell you. You can't eat raw foods because you'll become sick because there's so much bacteria in the soil. You'll get parasites, which eventually happened to me there because I was a raw vegan in in India. Yeah. What happened? I was just super, super sick. Sick, like, did you see them? And did you see them? No, you don't. You don't see them. You just feel like you, you just can't eat. How'd you get rid of it? The so I, I did like two parasite cleanses. You like did wormwood and neem and like all of these things. And yeah, I had to follow. I had to only eat cooked foods after that. But so in India, you can't eat raw foods because that will happen. Right. Whereas here, you can eat raw foods. In many countries, people have been eating raw foods for also thousands of years, and they're fine. So I don't think just because we have to keep in mind, Ayurveda was created. In India, it worked for that place. We have to take those theories, but apply it to our own lives today. So I still think you can do smoothies. There's ways to make smoothies like more warming, even Mm -hmm. if you're a vata. So you can do like, don't add ice to it or don't add frozen fruit. Instead, do room temperature fruit. Do like an avocado so it's Mm. more fatty Mm because, you know, turmeric always has to be paired with a fat. If you're Mm. just like adding turmeric to everything, it's not going to work unless you have a fat. Oh, why? It's the fat helps it absorb in your cool. body better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why turmeric is normally used with like ghee or oil, mm. but even an avocado will work. What are the health benefits of turmeric? Oh my gosh, so many. It's it's anti-inflammatory. It decreases belly fat. It helps with your memory. It's mm. like literally one of those things that's good for everything. Um, wow. But it is warming. So if you are a pitta, you don't want to overdo it. And it's only a certain amount. Like you shouldn't go over like probably like half a teaspoon a day is really all you need. A little goes a long way. So pittas can have a smoothie if they want, but you should probably make it just like, like I like Kelly Levex who is Mm -hmm. on here. Like her smoothies are awesome. Mm -hmm. And you can even add like a sweet potato or butternut squash. You can Mm -hmm. do cauliflower, zucchini, like plenty of ways to still make a smoothie without like doing it Jamba Juice style with like all the frozen fruit. Right. And then kaffas, since they're more heavy and grounded, they actually do best like not eating breakfast or having something super light, like maybe working out first thing in the morning and then afterwards having something because their digestive fires are just a little weaker and slower. And if you just wake up and you eat, you'll probably feel more sluggish for the rest of the day. Mm. Love that. I find that true. Yeah. What, so when I try and push as long as possible for breakfast, I feel better. Yeah. So I like um, something called CCFT. It stands for cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds. Huh. So just half a teaspoon of each. Put it in about like two to four cups of water, depending on how strong you want it. Yeah. Let it steep for like 10 minutes, or you can just do it the night before so you don't have to worry about it in the morning and just drink that. Like I like to do like a big batch, like doing lots of seeds in there, putting yeah. it in like a thermos. And then wherever I go, I can just like mix it with like hot water and I have like my instant tea ready. Or even if I'm at like Starbucks or something, I'll just get hot water and I'll put cinnamon in it. Yeah. It's like a free Ayurvedic drink. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, do you have to take the seeds out or you leave them in there? The seeds, I mean, you can, but you you can let them like be at the bottom, but you don't need to like eat them or anything. And you okay. can also, I use ground seeds. Cumin, so, coriander. And fennel seeds. Fennel seeds. So if you ever eat at an Indian restaurant, they yeah. always give you fennel seeds at the end because oh. it's so good for your digestion. Oh, my That's gosh. why. In okay. India, there's no concept of like dessert. It's like a Western concept that was brought there. After a meal, you eat your fennel seeds. Why would you eat like suddenly like a whole other meal? Okay. Can you buy fennel seeds? Yeah, like, Just at, like in anywhere. Bowl? 
Yeah, for sure. Wow. And you can even just like snack on them throughout the day. If I'm also eating like fresh fennel, I will like cut the stalks and just boil that in water and drink it. And it's like actually really sweet. It's like licorice. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. Yeah. So because you, you normally just throw it away, just boil it in water. Wow. Yeah. I love this. I want to like go to the store after this. Let, I know. I'm like, Let's go Ayurveda shopping. My Amazon cart is going to be... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the good thing about Ayurveda is it's actually super cheap and yeah, affordable because it's, it's just like legumes and like spices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are some staples? Like what should we put on the, our Ayurveda grocery list? So the bean that's most easy to digest for everyone are mung beans. And mung beans mm-hmm. are actually they not have mung beans. mung bean chips now. Yeah, they have a lot so of good. so it's super popular now because it's They're so pasta. easy to digest because it's not a, that. it's not a bean, it's not a lentil, it's a pulse. They're just they just call it mung beans because like it was just the easiest translation. Oh. But that's the only bean that anyone can digest with no problem. And if you still have digestive issues, you can add kombu, which is a Japanese sea vegetable. It's like a, a seaweed that basically coats whatever you cook it with with digestive enzymes. So you can even you can make anything, soups, uh, like black bean, whatever, and just put a piece of kombu in there. And it's like you're just taking tons of natural digestive enzymes. And it's really good. It's like if you like the seaweed taste. Mm-hmm. Whenever I make something and I add the kombu, I like, I wish I added more kombu because I just want to eat that. Wow. Yeah. You can find that at Whole Foods or anywhere. I have this um, ebook called Sahara's Three Day Kitchery Cleanse. Okay. And I took like Ayurveda's like kitchery cleanse, which is normally like rice and mung beans. And I modernized it with the quinoa and the kombu. And you you basically just have that for three days for like lunch and dinner and your digestion will feel so much better. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't want to shift out of this. But what about chakras? Yeah, I have a whole chapter on chakras. Can, um, can you tell us about how does that relate? Yeah. To like- so how we're feeling. So the interesting thing about Ayurveda is as much as it's a health system, it's a spiritual system mm-hmm. because the two are interconnected. Because it's so interesting because my whole life I was like, well, wh- people are like trying all these diets. Like, what is the point of all of it? And mm-hmm. that's what Ayurveda is all about. Like, you become healthy so you can what? What's your purpose? What's your dharma? And your dosha that you were born with. So have you guys, do you know the word dharma? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It means life's purpose, essentially. Mm-hmm. So your dosha is actually related to your dharma. You were actually born with that's the so qualities that you need to fulfill what you were born to do, which yeah. is like crazy to think about. So let's say you were born like more kapha. So you naturally have like groundedness and like you're able to connect with people and you're able to be like social and you're also able to do a lot of things, but you still have this natural grounding in you that I'm sure if people did all of the things you you do, someone who didn't have that natural grounding, they'd fall out of balance. Mm-hmm. So your dosha is so connected with what you were meant to do. Someone who's like super creative, they're naturally going to be born with more vata. Someone mm-hmm. who needs to be a manager or a leader, they're naturally going to be born with more pitta. Someone who's a caretaker, communication, more kapha. Mm-hmm. So the chakras are energy centers in our bodies. And they're also like really good ways to check in and see what's going on. Because each energy center is like related to an emotion. So let's say you're like experiencing a lot of anger in your life and you you're, you don't know why, you're just like snapping all the time. So that's your root chakra, but it's also related to the pitta dosha. So, and it's interesting because like when you find in different healing modalities, like ways to address it, it's always the same. The pitta reducing things are also for root chakra. Mm. Do you see? And I have a chart in there that it describes how to balance each chakra, the dosha it's related to, the crystal it's related to, like all of the things. So it really goes deep in it. 
It's like towards the back. So there's how many of them? There's seven. Okay. There's seven of them. And and what do they all relate to? And how do we know that they're in balance or how do we know that they're out of balance? Yeah. So root chakra is basically your stability. It's okay. your um, survival hood. So if your root ch- if you're feeling like you're not in a safe place, your root chakra is going to go out of balance. And that's going to show up as like anger or just feeling like really hostile. So you see it a lot in like place war-torn countries right. because they don't have that safety that they resort to like violence and anger and it's actually just like a root chakra imbalance. Mm. Then your sacral chakra, which is like in between like your belly button and like like your butt kind of area, it's related to connection and your relationships and like your fluidity and like if you're able to give and receive love. So people who are fixated on that, they might become addicted to it and they might become like going from one relationship to another because they, they need more. They need more because they're actually imbalanced with it. Because mm-hmm. each chakra can have too much or too little as well. And they mm-hmm. manifest as different imbalances. So that's basically the love one. And then we have our third chakra, which is right in our belly button, which is um, basically our identity. So it's like who we are and you know, our sense of self, Mm. our our ego. And if you have too much of that, you might be like too much in your ego, too much about me, like on a power trip. But if you don't have enough, you might not really know who you are. Mm. Then we have our fourth chakra, which is our Anahata heart chakra. And that's related to love, but not love in relationships, but more like universal love. And like how much just like love shows up in your life. Like, do you just naturally get like feelings of like love and feeling connected to other things? And that's all related to heart chakra. And that's why in yoga, there's lots of heart openers. Mm. That's what it's related to. When it's imbalanced, what shows up? What symptoms are there? So just not feeling connection to others Mm. is a really big one. Just wanting to like isolate yourself. Um, Most people probably... Like most Americans, it's like in the third chakras, those three are like the imbalances and they never really reach there because we practice yoga to open up the chakras, but it starts from the bottom and then you like work your ways up. It's kind of like, you know, Maslow's like- Hierarchy of needs. It's it's like kind of like that. It's like, if you don't have survival met, you're not gonna be able to have a relationship. You're not gonna know who you are. You're not gonna experience love. Then you go into your throat chakra, which is your communication, your ability to express yourself and and who you are. And they're each related to colors too. So that's related to the color blue. Um, So if you're lacking in that, you might not be able to speak up for yourself and have a voice. And that can also show up as like mucus, phlegm, because each chakra, the the issue will show up in like that part of the body Mm -hmm. most of the time. Then we have our third eye chakra, which is like, that's why in yoga, it's all about like the third eye. It's our intuition. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I talk about the koshas. I don't want to like, like confuse people too much, but the koshas are the layers of our ethereal body outside of us. So it's basically like, you know, when you have a feeling about something, you're like, I don't know, I feel like something's off. And then like, you kind of ignore it. And then like, Something happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get robbed. You get yeah. like hit by a car and you're like, oh shit, like I should have thought of this yeah. like earlier. So that's basically that thing, whatever it was, it was like going through the koshas. And first it was like showing up as like a nudge, like a whisper. If you don't whisper, it's going to be like, hey. And if you don't, it's going to like slap you in the face. Right. So that's like connection to your kosha. So your third eye connects you to that. It makes you more intuitive. So you're able to like kind of like jump boat when something's going to happen. Right. And then your crown chakra is 
right actually above your head. It's mm-hmm. not part of your body. And that's your your experience with like light in the universe and how connected you are mm-hmm. to like the greater planet and like knowing that like this life is just like momentary. It's meant to be enjoyed, but like there's so many greater things out there. Mm. And that's related to Vata. So talking about like your intuition and your crown chakra, what is, I don't know, I'm assuming what it is, but what is Ayurveda's like view on drinking, on drugs, on mm-hmm. on hallucinogenics, things mm-hmm. like that, or even natural like Good marijuana, question. things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about... Um, I talk about it in the book, actually. But so marijuana, I know, is like a really big thing. Like a lot of people are like, can you use it? Can you not? So the Ayurvedic view is no, because Mm -hmm. it's medicine. So not that because it's illegal, because it's bad, but because it's supposed to be used medicinally, it's not supposed to be used recreationally. Mm -hmm. And people are, you know... There's many, many healing benefits of it. You know, in um, the Himalayas, there's tons of like natural born Kush. That's why they call it Kush. It's like, it comes from there. And like, the, oh, really? Yeah. And like the the sadhus, which are like the original yogis, like sometimes you, you've seen pictures of them online. They have like crazy hair mm-hmm. and stuff. They just like are smoking all the time. But it's because smoking they're- that Kush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's because they're doing it for like a specific purpose. But also there's a difference between someone who's like supposed to be on a yogic path. Like they also- don't have sex. They also like don't do a lot of things that we do. Whereas for us, we're considered like householders. It's like the same concept in in Buddhism. Mm. So our purpose is not to become like out of our bodies and like go live in caves. Like we're supposed to like like lead normal Mm -hmm. lives, have families, have jobs, et cetera. So that's why marijuana is not recommended because it gets you out of that. And also it has like a lot of just like health things that they don't recommend. Like it can make your blood pressure drop. It can make your metabolism slow down. It can make you hold on to calories more. It increases your kapha. It's bad for your throat. Lots of things. So that's their view on on marijuana. Alcohol as well. Alcohol lowers your vibration. So that's, that's why, truth. yeah, so that's why when people drink, it's like you feel like, oh, like you're really loosey-goosey and that can feel really good because you kind of like dumb yourself down. But that's why you see lots of fights happening and jealousy and like crazy things. It's like super root chakra up in a, in a bar. Mm-hmm. You'll notice it, like go to a club, like be the only so- sober person. Oh, you're like, life. they're like aliens. Like, I what think about that all with? the time. I'm like, this conversation would not happen if you were sober. Like none of this would happen if you were sober. You wouldn't say these things if you were sober. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the more your like vibration increases, so vibration is basically like kind of the, like the level that you're seeing the world, like if if synchronicity is showing up and like cool coincidences, if that's happening for you all the time, your vibration's increasing. If you're like, life sucks, everything's working against me, you're leading a low vibration life. And the really cool thing, you guys have heard of the word karma before, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think like karma is like, Karma's a bitch. Like, what's karma? Just like what goes around comes around. That's basically mm-hmm. what we think. But the in actual Sanskrit, karma is the law of bound action. So it's basically when you're not on your life's purpose, mm. it's basically the thing that happens to you to shift you back into it. It's like the koshas we were talking about. So your dharma is your purpose. So I like to think of it as like you're go, you're driving down a road. Yep. At the end of the road is your dharma. It's your life's purpose. Like you're meant to be amazing talk show hosts. So then, that's so true. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, girl. Yeah. So then you're driving down the road, and then you're like, you know what? Like, maybe I'm gonna like go be a real estate agent. Like, you can make mm-hmm. a lot of money that way. So then karma starts showing up and is like, no, don't do this. Don't. You're not, you're supposed to be the talk show host. And things start happening against you, and life becomes really hard, and mm-hmm. your body's out of balance, and you're not able to connect to yourself anymore. And you just don't feel like yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. And when once you stop listening to it, at a certain point, it's just like you, you don't even feel it. You don't even know what it's like. 
like to like be on that path, mm. which is like actually what most of the population is experiencing right now. Mm. Then Kriya is the act of boundless. So it's basically when like things are in flow, everything's going your way. Like you're just getting emails with like all the right things in it. And like just one thing's leading to another. It's just super synchronicity, Mm. coincidence, pure magic. Like as Deepak Chopra, like always says, like nothing is a coincidence. It's all leading you to that path. So that So that's Kriya. So basically we want to live our lives in Kriya so we can get to our dharma and karma doesn't affect it. I love that. Cray. (laughs) Um, What's he going to say? Oh, one time when I was in Denver, I was at a crystal shop and there was like an angel healer and he like came up to me. He's like, his eyes were all like crazy. He's like, can I please, he's like, can I please fix your crown chakra? He's like, it's it's off. And he was like, he like put it, he's like, did you have a trauma when you were a child? Everybody asked me if I had a trauma when I had a child. I think I did and I just don't know. But he said that like my crown chakra was like tilted and was completely off. So like my connection of my highest chakra and like my communication with the universe and the angels was like off. So it was like tilted. So he like moved it. It was crazy. Did you feel anything? Yeah, I felt it. Oh my God. I felt it. I like, I felt it. But it was like weird because I was like picturing him like You're moving like my, my little like, like little my little like Jesus crown like on my head. I was like, thanks, sir. Like, see you later. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, like with Reiki, like that's what you're doing. You're readjusting yeah. energies in the body. Yeah. Not really down with Reiki, but Yeah, like Ayurveda is Is Reiki Ayurveda? No, it's that's Reiki's from Japan. Japan. Yeah. Okay. Um Ayurveda is a lot probably more practical. It's more mm. just like things that you can like see and experience because Ayurveda was the leading medical system in India until the British rule. It's like what the doc, you know, to become an Ayurvedic doctor, it's like a seven year long thing. It's like right. very, very based in science and research. And there's like me and Deepak are going to do a publication together all about like proving the scientific research of cool. Ayurveda. So it's a lot less kind of like esoteric and more just like this actually works. You're going to also feel it spiritually because this is all also part of science. Right. Right. How do you know Deepak? Yeah. How do you, yeah, know, how so do you know the D? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> how do you know like, the D in his rhinestone Did he glasses? find you? You know? So he hit me I up on Instagram. He's no, in my DMs. Like, yeah. I feel like someone would find you. You know, like I, I feel agree. like you put that out and I feel like someone like him would find you. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. It just depends how long you have. I'll get into the story. But basically, he was like the lifelong, like the person that I was always like, I wish I could meet Deepak Chopra, be like Deepak Chopra. So he wrote this book called Perfect Health that Mm -hmm. came out in 1991. And it was the first book that I've ever read about Ayurveda. And I I became so fascinated with it and kind of like spiraled my whole like, oh, wow, this is really cool, which ended up being like what I did. So I was at this yoga and science conference in New York and it was like a bunch of different speakers and it was like super, super scientific. And I was like, okay, I don't need to know like all the research that like breathing is good for you. Like Mm -hmm. you made your point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to like leave as soon as they call for lunch. And I was thinking in my head, like the only thing that could make me stay right now is if Deepak Chopra walks on stage. And like, I've been like everyone I would meet. So I had this book deal already before mm-hmm. him, but everyone I would meet, I'd be like, do you know Deepak Chopra? I'd like want him to read oh, the book. Yeah. Like it would be so powerful for me. Lo and behold, they're like, okay, lunchtime, by the way, a note from our sponsor, Deepak Chopra. He just walks on stage. He's like, hello, everyone. And like walks off. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and like, keep in mind, there's like a thousand people like in front of me. I'm in the last I'm row. Sure. And like in me, like my coaches were like, girl, go. So I just like went down all the stairs, walked on stage, like as if I'm like (laughs) working there, walked on stage, walked right up to him. And I was like, he's like talking to people. I was just like, 
Yeah, and then eventually I was like, hi, Deepak. Um, my name is Sahara. I just wrote this book, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Your book, Perfect Health, is the first book I ever read about um, Ayurveda. And it really catapulted this whole movement. I would love so much to send you a copy. And he was like, okay, sure. Like the book hadn't even been printed yet. So I was like, oh my God, shit, I don't even have a copy to yeah, send you're it. Like, so he gives me his email and then I, I sent him like the PDF of it. And he was like, yeah, sure. Like, it's great. Like, um, oh, and I asked him to write a cover quote for it. So I was like, I sent I it to him and you. I was like, I know. I was like, really just like, this is my chance. I don't think I'm going to meet him again. I was like, do you Dude, mind, by the way, writing a cover quote since it would mean so much coming from you since you're the pioneer of Ayurveda? 100%. So then he was like, yeah, like, sure, I'd love to. And then like he, he wrote like a quote. So then he started talking. He's like, wow, you actually know so much about Ayurveda. We just start like, t- I'm like texting with Deepak Chopra. I'm like, what is life right now? 100%. Like what? <laughs> These 24 hours have like changed everything. So then he's oh. like, he's like talking to me like, this is really good. I love how you modernize this. We're going to really bring it out. And I was telling him more about me. And he was like, you know, what? I could also write the forward too if it hasn't been printed. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah. You're like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you know what? There's, there's got to ask space. my publisher. <laughs> Yeah. No, actually, it was really hard with the publisher. The publisher is like, the book's going to be printed on Monday. And it was like Saturday. And they're like, we can't. Like, so You're they're like, D-E-E-P-R. I was like, cancel the book. Yeah. I was like, take everything I wrote out and just put the forward in and yeah, call it that's it. Cancel like, the book. Yeah. yeah. So um, it just happened. And it was just started moving so fast. And it was like a true experience of like synchronicity. And like afterwards, I asked him, I was like, so is this like what life is like always supposed to be like? Like just things moving really faster. Do you need like periods of like inertia and like stillness? Because you're always told like if things are going really well, they're going to go really bad. So I was like, kind of like, okay, are they going to start? And he was like, no, life always needs to be like this. If your life isn't like this, something, something's wrong. Hmm. So since then, it's literally been magic. Like, it's literally, he's been such a great mentor to me. Like, he uh, he's so kind, so supportive. I want to like, go on one of his retreats. Mm. Yeah, he has an amazing center in Carlsbad. I'm going to speak at the Chopra you Center. Are. Yeah, so cool. together we did a 31-day transformation challenge that it was that. like 31 videos of like implementing one Ayurvedic practice into your lifestyle. It's on his social network, jayo.com. So even though the challenge ended, people can still do it on Jayo oh, or the Jayo um. app. Um, and yeah, he's just been like super amazing. Like just literally my whole life I've been like waiting. And the moment I met him, it's like a crazy story. I was like helping a homeless man cross the street that turned out to be like a professor of physics, which is like the subject that Deepak finishes. And the moment I stopped helping, like I let go of this man's hand is when I got the email, the forward from Deepak at the same time. And it was like a true testament that your teacher comes in different forms. And I was in New York City. It was like so crowded. I was like about to cross the street and I just heard this old man like asking for help. And just something in me was like, just go back and help him. And he ended up wanting me to walk him a few blocks and he was like talking to me he was a refugee from Iraq telling me his whole life story I ended up being super late for my meeting but just this meeting him meant so much to me and I truly believe he wasn't a human I really believe he was an angel 100% mm-hmm. and I really believe it was the universe testing me to be yeah. like when your teacher shows up as a homeless Iraqi man trying to cross the street to make you late for your appointment are you still going to respect him as much as you do Deepak Chopra who's like a famous author and the fact that I said yes is what made Deepak say I want to write your mm-hmm. forward 100% Whoa. Whoa, that was like that was the realness. Yeah. That such an important lesson. Water. Yeah, that's such an important lesson too, I think, for our listeners, especially if they have someone that they, you know, hold up here mm-hmm. that has inspired them to get closer to their purpose and for you to go up on stage and just kind of introduce yourself. I think a lot of people, you know, let their doubts and yep. 
and insecurities hold them back. So I think that's just so, you being so connected to your intuition and what did you call it? The the koshas. The koshas. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so people wait for it on a fucking silver platter, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. like, or they sit behind their computer and like, okay, I'm just going to email Deepak 12 times, you know, instead of like going up to him when they see him in person and like connecting and for sure. No, I definitely. Definitely believe that was an angel too. I definitely believe so. And like, I think like a lot of people, you know, there's like, you know, Gabby Bernstein and Marie Forleo and all these people we put on pedestal, but like a lot of people around us have that same message and so much to teach us, but we devalue them because they don't have like a huge following. So everywhere I go, I like try to hear people's stories and just learn from them because everyone is a book if you just like take the time to read them. Yo, that is. That's amazing. I think we've, we've felt that as we've like, this past year doing this podcast and I'm sure you do with your podcast too as you I I know it's mainly you but I think just meeting people and mm-hmm. you know especially in the beginning where we were having people on and no one knew who they were mm-hmm. but we would dig deep and mm-hmm. like listen to their stories and I mean mm-hmm. jaws on the floor so yeah I think that's totally right absolutely Oh, man. Man, this sucks because I want to talk about digestion, but it's like, how do you, where do you go after that? You know, that was It's like all so interconnected. Good. We can totally go back into it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's also like, I really think like starting with my digestion, it needed to start there because mm. if I, if you're not digesting food correctly, you can't think of anything else. You really can't. All you can think mm. about is like your gut. You're on Google, this diet, that diet. It's like, it's your base chakras, your survival. Yeah. But once you've been able to heal those issues, you can start to be like, well, what else is there? What is there to do between those meals? I think a lot of us get fixated on the food and we forget what food is for. It's fuel to like help us achieve a higher purpose. Mm. So to, can you talk about the digestion? Can you talk about the digestion stages and then like snacking your colon? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? So yeah, in Ayurveda, there's six stages of digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just kind of don't think about it. They think you put it in your body and it just, something happens and it gets eliminated. But these six stages are basically different points it goes through. You know, you're, it starts with your mouth. Like the moment yeah. you put food in your mouth, your saliva is being introduced to it. That's sending signals to your body of what enzymes you need to break it down. So that's why chewing your food is super important. And then it goes down, it gets introduced to your enzymes, your eventually your stomach acid, it goes through your colon, goes through your small intestine and it gets eliminated. So for pittas, it tends to take about four hours and for kaphas, six hours or longer. So that's why kaphas, though they tend to gain weight the most easily, they tend to eat the least. So sweet. it's because, I know, it's like, it's really sweet. Yeah, it, it sucks because you see people who are eating all the time, Sick. but it's because it's going really quickly through their thing. Whereas mm. coughs, it's it's much slower, but also they're they're absorbing more nutrients a lot of times, which is why coughs tend to get sick the least. So like everything has the two sides to it. So if you're snacking throughout the day, mm-hmm. let's say you're in like stage three of digestion, okay? It's like getting introduced to your stomach acid mm-hmm. and then you eat something else. So your body's going to be like, oh, well, she just ate something else. So all my attention needs to like go to breaking down that food. So this food's just going to kind of stay put until we figure out this situation. And then that food just ends up sitting in your gut. It rots, it rots over time. And by the time the new food has gone in there, this has been stuck in your gut for hours. And if you've ever left like a banana peel in the car, like have you ever like eaten half a banana and Mm -hmm. like left in the car? Smells good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, uh, like <laughs> something. Gross. Yeah, like something as like 
like nice smelling as a banana, three hours in a hot, like 98 degree car, Mm -hmm. which is what our bodies are, it's going to rot and it's going to ferment. And now let's say you leave that banana peel in there for like a day, even worse. If you leave in there for like a week, Mm-hmm. If you leave in there for months, like you're you're gonna have to get a new car. It's like literally gonna be entrenched in like the seats and everything mm-hmm. because of that once fresh food, the banana. So the food in our gut, it's the same thing. If we're not if we're not absorbing and eliminating the food, it's going to rot and putrefy and it's gonna have that like banana-like effect where it's spreading toxins throughout our system. And that shows up like candida and like all sorts of things. So that's why it's important to not snack between meals. You want to wait until your food is fully digested and your body is hungry and it's signaling for you that it's ready to eat something else. And that's when it's time to eat. So Ayurveda is very keen on having like your three meals a day and like really not snacking. If it's the only people who could snack are like vatas because they tend to have like low blood sugar and get like, you know, queasy. But then making sure it's something that's like, more of like a healthy fat, like an avocado, mm-hmm. like wrapped in seaweed or like something like that. So it's not okay. going to like throw your blood sugar levels off. Okay. Yeah. And just make sure your meals, like sit down for them, enjoy them, like make sure you're satisfied. Like if a lot of the times that we feel like we snack, it's because we we didn't sit and, and enjoy that meal. Yeah. That mm-hmm. our minds are like, oh, you haven't eaten all day. Because like mm-hmm. eating is yeah. like a break in the day. Like I know for me when I'm writing, every time I get tired, my body, my my mind is like, oh, you need a snack. It's not because I need a snack. It's because I want to stop writing. 100%. And my body is like, oh, well, the only way she'll stop is if she eats. So let's just tell her to eat. That's, I literally feel like that with work. Yeah. Like I'm like, I used to find myself being like, oh, I want a snack, whatever. But it's like, really, I just want to walk. Yeah. I don't want to be fucking in this Excel document exactly. right now. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I feel that exactly the same way with that what would you say for like working out and how Mm -hmm. you fuel so you're saying not too much snacking but you know is it and and I want you to speak to hydration too and how that plays a part Mm -hmm. Um, just speaking for myself and being Mm -hmm. selfish with as much as I work out with SoulCycle so properly fueling I guess for Mm -hmm. that really active so like how many hours a day are you probably working out three that you're like spinning hard. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be... Spinning or other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you, you're going to definitely need more nourishment. They would say like a lot of just like coconut water would be really good for hydration, mint leaves, mm. um, coriander seeds, mm. these pitta things because your pitta is going to be probably out of balance because you're in this like exercised mm. hot place. Okay. And for three hours a day. So the... Only people in Ayurveda, so Ayurveda is a traditionally vegetarian diet. The only two people that should not be vegetarian are people who have severe vata imbalances. So you're like autoimmune disease, you had an eating disorder, you're just underweight, you aren't getting your period. They're recommended to eat meat because their bodies actually need it for survival. And, And that's still honoring like the circle of life of karma and all of that. And the second are the warriors, like the actual warrior caste, because they needed that energy because they're physically exerting themselves so much. So for you, something like bone broth or like animal products, I don't know if you digest dairy. Ayurveda would traditionally recommend it, but I don't think you need it. But like even even eating fish and stuff like that would be recommended. So in the Ayurvedic text, they write for everything, even for meat, what's the best kind of meat and the worst kind of meat for each dosha. They don't say everyone should be vegetarian, everyone shouldn't. They give the option. They just recommend because it was in India and there were like holy cows that people don't eat like cows Mm because it was like 
a religious thing later on. Hinduism came way after Ayurveda. But for someone who's super strenuous, even in Hinduism, they still recommend that they eat animal products. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I only eat, I eat eggs. I do drink bone broth. Yeah, like broth. eggs are very energizing. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. a lot of root vegetables because every food has the vegetables. property. So root vegetables are literally grown under the ground. Earth, yeah. So it's like you're taking in those roots. And since you're like a lot of air and a lot of fire, it's mm. going to help ground. root you down. Mm. Yeah. And just a lot of like when you're not exercising, like sesame oil, grounding, a lot of like nourishing things. Mm. Grounding. I even have a chapter with like the best yoga poses for each dosha. So... Oh, cool. Girl, you covered it all What's, in this book. I literally, I'm so excited <laughs> to read yeah. it. Last question. How can you use holistic health to balance your hormones? Mm-hmm. Great question. Because I know hormones is hot right now, thanks to us having Candice Birch on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it just depends what your hormone imbalance is. So, like, let's say you're not getting your period. Too high estrogen. Okay, so too high estrogen is too much kapha. Because kapha is like the earth. So you would need to follow kapha pacifying type things. Okay. So more like anything that's bitter, like asparagus, Brussels sprouts, things like that. But kaphas don't want to do a lot of of raw foods because it's harder for them to break it down. So like lightly steaming it is going to be really helpful. And ashwagandha is a great Ayurvedic hormone balancer, having like a little bit of that in the morning and at night. And um, my Ayurvedic like guru who taught me in South India, he always said, drink it with two, put in a bowl and drink it with two hands with soft eyes at night ceremonially. Because he's like a lot of people in the West, they're like drinking like tea, but they're not paying attention to it. And the whole purpose is like, it's medicine. And like, it's Mm. like a sacrament. So like when you have with two hands, you can't be multitasking. Just with warm water yeah yeah just with or you can add like coconut milk or whatever you want like okay. make like a turmeric so bitter to me, but latte. I like know it's good for me you can add a little bit of monk fruit or something mm-hmm. to make it sweeter I love monk fruit yeah and like put it in with like coconut or flax milk or whatever and have it with like two hands and like drink it like yeah. and it, it actually like changes your experience with the drink and mm. it changes your body's experience with it too because it's not like oh this is something I have to get yeah. down also people are adding ashwagandha to smoothies no that it doesn't work if it's, if it's I know I was thinking stuff. that wait Someone I did do that, that the other day yeah, it's just like, fuck what do I need to do a waste of your very expensive sun potion yeah. <laughs> oh my god so yeah. what do I need to put it in tea yeah something warm uh, what about astrologus um, I don't know about that. I mean, m- most most of these things, like if you look at Chinese medicine, macrobiotics, it's always with warm. They don't yeah. have they don't have smoothies. <laughs> Fucking smoothies, man! Can we be done with them? <laughs> Dude, smoothies are so popular right now. I mean, it's just a really easy way of getting I your know, meal in on I the know. go. But the problem is, we're trying to get our meals in on the go. Yeah, that is such, that is so true. Like that's crazy. what we need to be I talking love about. Sitting, like I love to cook and I love sitting down and eating. Yeah, it's, it's not like that a lost I do it art. all the time, but yeah, like I yeah. really, I when I do it, I'm like in heaven. Exactly, and it helps because you're interacting with your food so much longer before you eat it. So mm. your body's like buying it washing it, cutting it, looking at it, preparing for it. This is all, it's like foreplay with your food. It's like your body's like getting ready for like how to engage with it. And it makes it so much better versus like fast food or like casual I'm single. Yeah, I'm single. So I really like. (laughs) But that's really what it is. It's like the more you interact with something, the more mindful you are, the better it is for you. Even just taking like two seconds and like blessing your food. It's something that I had heard of for a long time. But when I was writing this book, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do every single Mm. Ayurvedic practice. It's a game changer just to like take two seconds and breathe 
And like, because I notice I'm like getting the food ready and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Same. I start eating it like huffing and puffing. Like, why am I doing that when I've been so like, excited. yeah. And it's like, but I've been like thinking about this meal and then I like scarf it down and it's like over. And I'm like, oh damn, it was over. I, I didn't even get to like, mm. like you're rushing it. the thing you're looking forward to. Exactly. And then I'm like, oh, now I need a dessert. Now I need a kombucha. Mm-hmm. Now I need to eat again. This, yeah. that. What are thoughts on kombucha? I read it's not recommended. Why? Because it's a wild strain of yeast. So if you have excess bad yeast in our gut, which most of us have because we're not digesting food, it can seize hold of that wild yeast and it can further spread the candida. And really, if you're interested in that, like Donna Gates, she wrote like the body ecology diet. She's really good with like gut bacteria stuff. She's all about fermented foods, but she does not recommend the kombucha. And also... um, there's a lot of sugar in this store-bought kombucha that we get because they're adding it with this Mm -hmm. fruit juice in it. And even if you've made kombucha, there's tons of sugar in it. And though the fermentation eats some of it, it's impossible to know how much sugar is in it at that time because it's always changing. It's a a living food. But when you add the the fruit juice on top, it's a lot of sugar. And a lot of these brands carbonate it. So it's like you're drinking air, which air, where is it going to go in your small intestine? If you've ever gone to colonic, like a lot of times, air just comes out. And it's like, because of this stored air that's in our guts that has nowhere to go. So Mm. all of this air can cause a vata imbalance. And also fermented foods in general are rajasic, meaning they're like, they invoke pitta and aggression. So that's why Ayurveda, they always recommend doing things fresh, not like older or fermented. Okay. Yeah. All right. See you, kombucha. Yeah, damn it. Last question. With colonics, what are your thoughts? Um, so in Ayurveda, like enemas are a really big part of the yeah. practice just because they, they Can you tell have... us what an enema is? So an enema is kind of like a homemade colonic. Um, do it up there. You can do it at home? Oh, yeah. 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 Like you can buy an enema, enema kit from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a little like, like you know those... Um, pads of so water, like hot water pads. <laughs> yeah, like a little like whoopee cushion type thing. Okay. Um, so you fill it up with water and there's like a straw that is inserted into your rectum and then you you hang it up on something mm-hmm. and then it goes into your rectum until it's f- until your colon is basically filled up to the capacity that you can. You try to hold it in as long as you can. And then you sit on the toilet and you're going to release a lot of stuff that has been stuck in your in your colon that hasn't been able to go out. And like the average person has like at least 10 pounds of just like of like gunk in there like Elvis Presley when he died had 40 pounds of stool in him how do you know that he how died on the that? toilet because he was so constipated oh my god yeah. no what yeah. do you mean? wait yeah. what was he doing he was to eating so those, those didn't Elvis Presley PB and Jane bacon sandwiches too much really <laughs> bad food so combining he died on the toilet did he have a heart attack 40 pounds um, I don't know exactly what it was, it was but it overdose? was overdose I thought it, maybe, maybe but, it was. but constipation was a really chronic issue for him that's insane Elvis yeah. Presley died. That yeah. is freaking crazy. So I'm confused. Yeah. So you could do a col- you can do a colonic your- or an enema. No, yourself? you can do an yeah. enema yourself, and then also in Ayurveda they'll add like like different coffee. You, no, they don't do coffee, but they'll add like <laughs> um, ghee and like or like medicated ghee. Oh, um, things like that. Or you can you can take like castor oil. Okay, yeah. if you can just drink a tablespoon, it basically acts like a laxative. It's not oh, something I have that some you at should. Home. So I could do that? It's not something you should rely on. I think it's something that you should, because you're really going to go to the bathroom a lot. Like it it. might be even painful if you're not ready for it. So that's why they- (laughs) She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm working for home tomorrow. I have castor oil, but I use it for my body. Yeah. That's why they recommend doing- of heart attack. (laughs) They recommend like after doing like a cleanse, like a panchakarma, or even if you do like the Kitri cleanse for three days, just like following really just like, it's called sattvic, a very simple diet. Then when you've naturally eliminated as much waste as you can, you resort to the castor oil. But 
castor oil, if you start depending on it, it's going to decrease your body's natural ability to... Uh, a really good one you can take every day is called Trifala. T-R-I-P-H-A-L-A. That's a natural colon cleanser that works by stimulating your digestion. So it's something you can take oh, every single day. Where do you get it? You can Trifala. get, like, there's Organic India, Banyan Botanicals. There's yeah, what are some of- brands? What are good brands for— So I like Organic India because okay. I hosted a retreat at where their farm was, so I literally saw oh. their cultivation process mm-hmm. and everything, so I know it's really legit. Sun Potion is an amazing one for, yeah. like, they don't they do, not do like, Trifala and stuff, but they just do, like, different adaptogens. Buying Trifala on Amazon right now. Yeah, Trifala is amazing. Banyan Botanicals, Ayush Herbs. At the end of the book, there's, like, a list of Ayurvedic oh, of stuff companies. I should buy? Um, oh. Not, like, well, there's a section on home remedies. Yeah. So whatever your problem is. I have tons of things on constipation, too. So I'm um, not constipated, I guess. Mine's, like, pellets yeah, that's constipation. That's vata. Oh, what what should I do about that? So, following, uh, Banyan Botanicals. Yeah, Banyan Botanicals is one. Or I use organic India just because I I know them better. Oh yeah, thirteen dollars. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but what was I? What were we talking about? Sorry, pe- pellets. Pellets. Oh yeah, so pellets is a sign <laughs> poop, of a vata imbalance. So you can even tell. I have a stool chart on my website, but cool. you can tell from what your stool looks like what your imbalance is. So anything that's like pellet like, if it looks like little like deer poop. That's vata. If it's really dark in color, mm. that means it's been sitting in your stomach for a really long time. Uh-huh. So that's why it, like, it ends up becoming harder and harder and harder and smaller and denser. And a lot of times you see undigested food like seeds and nuts mm. and things like that. So it's uh. all vata. Pitta is like loose stool. It's like it didn't even, your food didn't even break down. It just went like right through you. It's like peasy. Huh. That's pitta. Then kapha is normally like one very long piece of stool, which is which is healthy, which is how your stool should be. But kaphas can tend to be like backed up because ideally you should be pooping like twice a day, like really after after your meals. Damn. Yeah. So most That's people like are constipated and, they, and you, they don't do know. Do you twice oh, a day? Probably three or three. Yeah, like two Damn. or two or three is like good. If it's like four, that's too much. That's pitta, yeah. which probably a lot of exercise can induce yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it's three or four. Yeah, so for then sure. the little pitta going on for you, a little vata going on. Damn. Yeah. But they're connected. But I notice, you know, if I drink, mm-hmm. then it's more pebbly, harder, mm-hmm. darker. Yeah, because the moment you mm-hmm. drink, so our digestion takes up like 80% of our daily energy expenditure, Damn. which is like insane. Like 80% of all of our energy is just our digestion. So when we drink, our body's like, oh my, like, let's say you're like going to Gracias Madre and you're having margarita with it. Your body's like, oh my God, alcohol. Like all of its energy goes to trying to break down the alcohol and protect your liver uh. and protect your organs. It's not breaking down the foods. So that's why the food is going to sit in your stomach for longer, leading to the pebbly things. These are the type of things that I will always— Like, there are some, like, facts or, like, knowledge drops where you always remember it. I will always remember that. (laughs) The grass is my And I just—yeah. I will be sitting there sipping my margarita thinking about the rotting food in my stomach. Well, that's why if you you are going to drink—so Ayurveda says the best that you can have is wine because at least wine has benefits. And Ayurveda does have, like, their their homemade herbal wines, which are just basically, like, herbalized— fermented uh, medicines, but it's not like something you can like really buy at a store. But if you are going to drink wine and then doing it not while you're eating, but maybe like when there's food in your stomach and you, you're maybe two hours later, okay. then you have the drink. Not like you're eating the meal and drinking and at the same time, it's too much for your system. Got it. Yeah. 
Damn. I cannot wait to fucking dive into this book. I know. I'm like so excited. (laughs) Um, Okay. So literally we need to have you on eight more times. This Um, book is crazy though. You guys have to get it. Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. It is so easy to read. Forward by Deepak Chopra. Forward by D, by the big D. And it is so easy to read and understand like... How long did this take I'm obsessed. You? It has so everything. It's like crazy. So I was everything. I wrote an Ayurveda book before, which was so when how, I started. How old are you? Twenty six. Damn, gotta go. So yeah, literally, <laughs> we gotta go. So when I um, started studying the Ayurveda, I went back to India. I actually lived in India for two years, and I was cool. studying Ayurveda. Um, and at that moment, I felt really called that I need to write a book about Ayurveda, and I just called it. I, I thought it was going to be like an ebook on my mm-hmm. blog or something like that. So I called it Eat Right for Your Mind Body Type because it was like, you know, blood type yeah. is mind body type. So this book, I started writing 50 pages, 100 pages, 1,000 pages. I had thousands of pages of material that I wrote. I was like, I don't even know what to do oh with this. God. I had so much. And the moment I started learning about Ayurveda, it's like I literally was an Ayurvedic Rishi in a past life because this comes so naturally to me. Like mm. when people have questions, even if I've never read it, I like know the answer. It's like it just comes so, just like the doshas. I see my whole world as like, this is pitta, like that. Soul cycle is pitta. You know, I see yeah. everything like this. So I know that I'm literally meant to share this work. Wow. So yeah, so I was writing this book, Eat Right for Your Mind Body Type, and I finished it. I got it edited, graphic design, everything was like ready to go. And I was like, you know, I really want to get this book like traditionally published. I would love to have it at bookstores, but I didn't know anything about that process. I didn't know a literary yeah. agent. I didn't know anyone who had a book. Like, but I, everyone who'd meet me, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm writing a book. Like they're like, my parents were like, oh yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. Um But I just kept, something told me, I'm going to write this book. I'm going to write an Ayurveda book that is going to go to all the masses. And it's just, it still trips me out to this day that it's like the number one bestselling Ayurveda book. It's like crazy. So yeah. And then um, I met this girl, a friend of mine, Maria, who I think was on this podcast, Maria Marlowe. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So I met Maria and she had a book and she got me in touch with her literary agent. And um, the literary agent loved my Eat Right for Your Mind Body type book. So we decided we're going to like try to find a publisher for it. So I signed the contract with her. The next day, she gets a call from the Idiot's Guide group at Penguin Random House. And they're like, by the way, we want to make an Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. Do you happen to know anyone? Like call her out of every literary agent in the whole entire world. So get this. So they had an author. So normally I'm six months straight this book. They had an author. She was four months and she quit. She's like, I can't do this. It's too much work because writing this book is they're super particular. I had to think of every single paragraph in the book and have it outlined before I wrote it. Like, mm. that's how particular. It was so different than like, I'm going to sit in front of my computer and see what channels through me. It was like right. action, pitta. Yeah. So um, she quit four months in and they were looking for someone to finish it up in two months because that was like their print date. And they happened to call her. I happened to be an Ayurvedic author. So they were like, okay, well, let's just see. Here's the table of contents that lady was working on. Like, how would she change it? And they're like, she has, you have a week to do this. That day, again, just channeled through. I sent it back within hours, a completely new table of contents, like totally different, like the way that I would teach Ayurveda, mm-hmm. the way that I would want to learn it myself. And they were like, okay, that was really fast and really good. So write the first chapter. You have another week and let's see how your writing style is. Again, that day, I just wrote the chapter, I sent it back to them at night. And they were like, okay, you're hired. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. So I had wow. two months. I wrote it in, in a month and a half. Just met you tonight. And I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Literally. Like. But it was really because that writing the book, Eat Right for Your Mind Vitae, which took me three years, 
of just writing that one book, which it was all preparing me to be to know Ayurveda so in and out that I could write a book like this. Yeah. If I hadn't spent all of that time, I wouldn't have been able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Wow. Guys, this book rocks. We're going to yeah. give away the two song of them. to you guys. Yeah, we'll we give away wait. two. So how can people connect with you? Last thing. Yeah, so on Instagram at I am Sahara Rose or on Facebook or Twitter or IamSaharaRose.com, I have a quiz that they can take to discover their mind-body type and it leads to like a free little three-day um, course and I have lots of like free gifts and downloads on my website and I make YouTube videos. I have a podcast which you guys are going to I come know, on. I was yeah. about to plug yeah. that. I was just, so go listen to her latest episode. I was like jaw drop about your dream. Oh yeah, yeah. I have crazy dreams. Oh um, my god! Go wait. Listen tell to everyone it. your podcast name. Um, it's called the Highest Self Podcast. Love. So yeah, I talk all about what makes you your the highest version of yourself, and you know the the conversation about like your dharma and your life's purpose. And I truly believe mm. like we were each born with like unique gifts that we were meant to share. So Same. beautiful. Yeah. This is beautiful. great. Okay. Life is good. <laughs> thanks so much for being oh, here. Oh, thank yeah, you so thank much you for so having me, guys. You're being so receptive and sharing this wisdom with the rest of the world. Like, really, I am just like a vessel for this information. Mm. And it just chose me because I have like a loud voice and I'm going to go around and tell everyone. And I really believe I was just chosen. So thank you for allowing this wisdom to help benefit more I people's mean, this lives. Was crazy. Thank you. This is so yeah. good. So, so good. So, so good. Thanks, guys, for thanks, being guys. here. We love you so much. Um, join our secret Facebook group. Um, we're going to talk about this a fuck I ton. just joined yeah. it today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, promote Promote there. the book. Promote Put it, it everything in there. In there. Yeah. The, yeah. Those girls are like Life. ride or die. Yeah. Like they just, they're amazing. They're the shit. Um, and thanks for writing us a review on iTunes and checking out us out on patreon.com slash almost 30. We love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Almost 30 Podcast. We love you guys so much. Your support means the world to us. Please join our secret Facebook group on Facebook. Just search Secret Almost 30 Podcast Group. We cannot wait for you to be in there chatting with us. Uh, And also, please go to patreon.com slash almost 30. And on our Patreon page, we have options. You can donate $2, $5, $10 or more a month and receive awesome rewards. So we're going to be holding some Google Hangouts. We have our Almost 30 Dad Hat, which people across the country, across the world are wearing (laughs) and extra episodes. So check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash almost 30. And finally, if you haven't reviewed the podcast, it really means everything to us that you review on iTunes. It helps us bring on even more guests that you love and you want and um, bring you more sponsors where you can get awesome promo codes for products that we truly believe in and we truly believe you would benefit from. So we love you. Thank you so much for your support. See you soon.